Hello, human podcast listeners. Y'all, my stats say there are so many of you and it just blows my mind. Please let me know if you listen to this podcast. (laughs) Um, Post on my Facebook wall or my Instagram wall or an email. Tell me that you listen to this podcast. I don't know if any of you guys study... um, what's that called human design but i'm a manifesting generator and manifesting generators do well responding so i am playing over at tiktok a lot where i have a lot more engagement with people and people are asking questions those kind of things so i love to hear if you're listening it helps me um it actually helps me create So today I want to share a little ADHD update. This is kind of personal uh, and it's a behind the scenes episode of, you know, being a small business owner, being a coaching practice owner who is also navigating the wild edges of being human. That's what this podcast is out about. And uh, many of you know the diagnosis of my ADHD over 18 months ago and just the acclimation to that, both education identity, meds, the support I need has been way different journey than I ever imagined. Like the diagnosis label is one thing and then the aftermath is interesting. So I'm going to share. I did, I did, I will say I wrote this last night and this morning I woke up feeling more me than I have in a really long time. But here's a little ADHD update. I am fully supported and no advice. I share because dozens of people have shared with me privately how much my often out loud journey makes their silent one more doable. I've been doing some medicine adjustments over the summer with my psychiatrist. Last month was lots of what I call jumping bean brains and pretty unregulated. It was hard and frustrating for me. And recently, I started a new medication. We switched to an entirely two medication class. I very specifically don't tell you what medicines because I, I just don't want to influence anybody that way. I am not sharing ADD information as a professional ADD person. Please seek out your doctor, your ADHD trained therapist, etc. Um, but I did switch meds last week, and so far things are tremendously better. I was diagnosed in March 2022, and I am just now getting this piece. My brain and her very specific abilities and disabilities, these invisible things my brain can and cannot do, and the invisible ways my brain chokes and sputters at the worst time. This is not, even though I have quietly internalized it as such over the last 50 years, this is not a character flaw or lazy or not motivated. I'm not doing it wrong. There is nothing wrong with me and I don't have a shitty mindset. This is not something personal development, personal growth cannot change the way my executive function dysfunctions at times. ADD is an executive function disorder that affects mental, physical, and emotional regulation and control. The good parts of ADHD brain feel amazing. (laughs) But the invisible hard parts are frankly devastating to relationships, results, and our internal 
identities. I am still untangling these old identity structures. I just sent an email to my psychiatrist. She was asking me some questions. And it was kind of a review of some things I see about myself. And I see a lifetime of unconscious masking, both masking ADHD, but masking from the societal and religious pressures I grew up in, like the pressure to be a good girl and the honestly all the trauma that was caused by that. But because it didn't look like after school special trauma, I didn't realize that it was traumatic. I do now. Anyways, um, I'm still untangling my identity. It's an interesting journey. I have ugly snot cried in every coaching and every therapy and every psychiatrist, my med management session I've had in July and August. And those tears have felt like a much needed release of stored pain. I told somebody I'm working with, I feel like my tears are actually younger parts of me crying. Um, I feel like a lot of the times when I I have released a lot of this, it's younger pain being released. And so I just really honor my willingness to <laughs> release and cry about a lot of this stuff. And I have hope. Sometimes I do kind of like, oh, I wish I could go back before I knew. Maybe I should go off all meds. Maybe I should pretend like I don't know <laughs> because I notice that parts of me are wanting certainty. And... I know for certain that depression due to no dopamine is not okay for me. I do realize, and y'all, I have tons of content in this podcast about struggling with depression. And I very clearly and adamantly see that it was not necessarily clinical depression. It was depression caused by the lack of dopamine and ADD masking. Um, So I do have hope. I have done a lifetime of inner work, and honestly, it would be nice if my brain slowed down a bit more. If one more person suggests meditation, like it's that easy, I just might have some impulse dysfunction and get, I used a different word in my writing, but I'll just say aggressive. I am keenly aware that I think too much and do not need another human being to point it out. I I just don't need it. Do you think that those of us who struggle with meditation and struggle with attention and regulation and overthinking and overfeeling, wish? Do you think we wake up and decide to try to be that abusive to ourselves? We don't. I am currently working on figuring out what external support and systems help me best. And I think this is so fascinating because in my little Wednesday morning dissertation that I gave to my um psychiatrist, I was able to see like, oh, here's all the things that contributed to this and this and this and this, like see all the places where the trauma and the masking impact my behavior today. And one of the things in my identity that I subconsciously internalized was being hyper-independent and not being needy and not allowing myself to have needs. Part of that also comes from being an adult child of alcoholics. So I am paying attention to like, oh, what support and help do I need? What external support, right? Because a lot of this is not going to be, quote, fixed with internal work. And y'all know I love some internal work. And I'm allowed standard operating procedures to support my nervous system and my ADHD brain. 
Much of this I have set up over the years automatically, see my podcast on nurturing practices, um, and I set that up out of being exasperated. I think somewhere I mentioned, I was like, oh my God, I am not wild and free. I actually require a lot of systems and structure. And I married a very structural and systems-oriented man that is physically safe for my body because he is reliable and our home is clean. Like He just cares for the environment around me and that frees up my mental load. I realized that I require way more support than my identity of wild and free allowed I have become my own best advocate in new ways, I'm still learning, with less sensitivity to stating my needs for fear of being weird or rejected. Some of that fear still lives in my cells, and I'm caring for it one step at a time, but I have become much more aware cognitively, and I'm starting to integrate in my body what I'm available for and what I am not available for, and to be calm and grounded and clear about expressing that when it's required. So in the past, RSD, rejection-sensitive dysphoria, um, I highly recommend if you don't know what that is, look it up on ADD Attitude Magazine online. Um, The RSD showed up a few times a year in specific professional situations. That's actually what led me to my diagnosis, what led me to, um, actually what led me accidentally to internal family systems was I Google searched the symptoms. I was experiencing these markers I was experiencing of RSD because they did not make sense to my cognitive brain. But I've come to see, so I, like, I knew that I have it, but I had a big like gut punch a couple weeks ago that There is a subtle vibe of RSD in me all the time, all the time. The unconscious hypervigilance is exhausting and the conscious hypervigilance is embarrassing. Oof, then there's some shame work to do, right? My parts work and compassion via internal family systems have been extremely helpful and that The fact that IFS is compatible with neurodiverse brains is super helpful. I'll bring someone on to talk about this soon, but self-energy in IFS, if you have a neurodivergent brain, self is the way your brain is. So if you are autistic, self is autistic. Myself is ADHD. And then parts react to the experience of being autistic in this world or being ADD in this world. But many of the ADD markers are not parts. This is mind-blowing. I'm still incorporating it. And I plan on having um, a colleague of mine come and talk about this on the podcast. So many plans, so many plans, so little execution. (laughs) I'm just having to trust my timing. I've allowed myself a slow and spacious learning and healing and support over the summer. Where I feel most alive is in my private coaching sessions with my five one-on-one clients and when I'm on the horse. This fall, I'm figuring out in my business how I want to connect, create, market, and be in my work in a way that is supportive instead of what I've, quote, trained myself to think marketing-wise, getting clients-wise, et cetera, business building-wise, according to neurotypical norms. I'm figuring out what I really want, and that, as you probably already know, is not always easy because I'm very susceptible to conditioning. I'm personally right now not real clear on vision beyond the next right step for myself. I am clear that I am thriving and my clients are thriving in one-on-one work. 
Hint, hint. And while that's not always comfortable, I've been allowing the slow and extra space of this summer um, to settle in. Now, slow and extra space, some of you may be really hungry for it, and it may sound luxurious, but I'll tell you what, the reality of it can be extremely hard for an excessive doer, and it's impacted my confidence a little bit, honestly. Anyways, all of this on top of menopause. Oof. I have been isolating a lot, and then I have been choosing to spend time with a few one-on-one friends for visits outside of the house. Um, I have been very conscious about making connection and not over-isolating, and then my husband and I are on this kick of doing, quote, activities is what we call it. One of my clients slash friends, um, former clients, current friend, said, uh, she's like, you've gone to more concerts this summer activities. In between all these challenging things are also the glorious things, the creativity, the strategy, the sensitivity, and the somatic awareness, whoever you are. And if you're listening, you're probably really smart. Please start learning about your body's sensations and connecting your head to the wisdom of your body. It doesn't have to be all pretty and sexy and good dancey dance, right? Just start listening to your sweet body. Compassionate parts work through IFS, breathing and morning rituals are my sacred lakes. I got that term from a Jaya John poem. And afternoon dips in the pool. So I wanted to give you that little update. I have a coaching call to go to in 60 seconds, but I do have a few spots on my roster um, for either short-term or long-term work. Head over to Allison Crow or coachwithallison.com or my website and the coaching page and fill out the, um, there's, there's a quote application, right? There's, it just helps me respond to you. It helps me know a little bit about you and what you're thinking. And then we can set up a time to connect and talk and see if it's a fit. If it's not a fit for me, I can refer you to somebody else. Um, doing one-on-one work, helping humans, many of which are business owners. I have a couple of clients that are not business owners, but I am helping them in the context of their families and works. And then also helping full-on the solopreneurs navigate their business, but with this compassionate inner work lens. Like 80% of the work we do is inner and 20% is business. So I got skills. Um, reach out, let me know. Sending you love and thanks for listening.